On this episode of the BYO Nano Podcast, this is as good a month as any to be thinking about your brewery's finances, both long and short term, and the best practices for a check-in to get your money situation in order. Hi, this is John Hall, and welcome to episode 46. And a quick word on content. This show is for nano brewers, both existing and in planning. So tell us what you want to hear. What are the topics you want to learn more about, and what issues are you interested in? And who are the brewers you want to hear from? You can email us. It's nano at byo.com. And don't forget, BYO NanoCon is coming on November 3rd and 4th of 2023. You can learn from craft brewing industry experts with live online sessions covering brewery operations, business operations, sales, and startups. You can register now for the 2023 NanoCon online event by visiting byo.com. Don't miss this targeted conference. It's for anyone running or thinking about starting a small-scale craft brewery. Learn the business, marketing, and brewing strategies targeted for your size needs at NanoCon Online. From strategies to building back taproom sales to more accurately managing cash flow to checking out the latest nano-scaled gear, you'll learn invaluable and very timely strategies from experts and nano-brewers. Go to BYO.com where you can learn more and register today. And now, on to the show. Most brewers don't open up a brewery to get into finance, but managing cash flow is a necessary part of the job. My guest on this episode is Carrie Shumway. He's a CPA, former CFO for a beer distributor, and the current CFO for Wormtown Brewery in Worcester, Massachusetts. He's here with insights and a checklist to help get your brewery finances in order. But first, a word of thanks to this episode's sponsors, and we hope you'll give them a closer look. Fermentus, coming soon, because there are occasions when a single microorganism is not enough. Fermentus is launching all-in-one blended products for nanobrewers in 25-gram sizes. Discover Safe Brew DW-17, a mix of active dry yeast plus enzymes for the production of very dry and complex beers with fruity, woody, and slight acetic characters. You can learn more on Fermentus.com. We're also brought to you by Grainfather. Whether you're looking for a brewing system to create trial recipes or you want to easily add production capacity to your nano brewery, the Grainfather G70 electric brewing system is your solution. The G70 has a 70-liter capacity, allowing you to easily make half-barrel batches of beer in a compact system that won't take up valuable floor space. Ask your BSG sales manager for more information about the G70 today or go to grainfather.com to learn more. And we're also brought to you by Five Star Chemicals. We all know that brewing is an art, but it's also a science. That's where Five Star Chemicals comes in. They offer a stellar lineup of products designed to simplify and enhance your brewing process. Be sure to check out the PBW Liquid and PBW Tablets, some cleaning power in a different format. Visit fivestarchemicals.com. And don't forget, you can get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's new Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts, watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nanoplus for more details. And now let's get into the conversation. 
Carrie Shumway has spent the last 20 years using finance to help improve financial results in business. And now he's helping other breweries, wholesalers, and cideries do the same. His financial training programs have been developed on a new learning platform in order to deliver the best experience for you. The programs are designed specifically for non-financial people who have the responsibility of either managing or contributing to the success of the business. He chronicles it all and offers resources at carriesfinancialtraining.com. He joined me via Zoom. Well, welcome to the show. Um, thanks for thanks for doing this. And because of the length of your career, I imagine you've seen quite a bit over the last 20 or so years, um, uh, various uh, economic challenges, uh, you know, good times, bad times, uh, sort of everything in between. What do you make of the current economic climate as it relates to the larger brewing industry? And then we can sort of dial it down into the nano segment. Sure. Well, I mean, the current climate is a challenge to say the least. I mean, you know, as we we're talking, you know, earlier off air, it was like, it's, there's a lot of headwinds out there. You know, you've got costs that are going up. Expenses are just kind of out of control. You've got sales that are flat to declining. You've got consumer preferences shifting yet again uh, to, to uh, beverages that you know, include other things other than your your core craft beer. So I think it's really just a lot of change and a lot of uncertainty. And, um, you know, if you go back, I, the joke that I had made at Craft Brewers Conference last year, or actually it was, I guess it was earlier this year, was uh, uh, I did a presentation on cash flow. And the joke was I did the same presentation about 10 years ago and there was nobody in the room because, you know, we weren't really that worried <laughs> about it, you know. And the, and this room was, you know, was sold out. It was overfilling. People were crammed in and sitting in the back. And I was like, wow, I guess I guess things have really changed. And so it's super important now, you know, people focusing on not just the the cash flow aspects of their brewery business, but the overall financial health and financial training and and how important that is to really kind of understand the numbers of your business. So I think there's been certainly a big shift in our industry in terms of, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, it was, I'm not going to say it was easy because business is never easy, Um, but there was a lot more, there was a lot less resistance. I think there was a lot of growth, you know, that year over year growth was there. If you opened up that tap room and, you know, people came and now you really have to not only pull every lever available, you know, from just making great beer and having great marketing, but you really got to understand the the finances and the numbers of your business. Do you think that in the conversations that you have with brewers, what, how would you rank the level of financial literacy for the brewers or the breweries that you're talking with? You know what I think is interesting and what I frankly love about our industry is that people are willing to admit what they don't know. Um, I think that's a rare human skill. Most people want to pretend they know everything. And, you know, I work with folks in other industries that, uh, that have that, uh, have that down pat, but for the most part, the brewers that I work with will come to me and say, look, we, you know, we know how to do this, this, and this, but the finances are just a mystery to us. And, you know, we thought we could skate by, you know, we did this, we hired a bookkeeper to help us with this and that, but we just, we don't know what's going on here. And, you know, we need some help. Um, so from a rating perspective, you know, I used to coach baseball and, you know, we'd say there's, there's more skilled and, and less, 
you know, less skilled um, folks out there and you got to you gotta work with them in different ways. And, you know, folks that just don't have those skills yet, um, that's generally how I would characterize most of the brewers that I talk to. Not all of them. You know, a lot of them really, they're like, okay, you know, you don't need me. You know, you've got this, you know, you're doing all the right things. All I can do is, you know, we could work together if you need an accountability and someone that's a fresh set of eyes and maybe a different perspective, but, you know, by and large, you're doing the things that I would recommend that you do anyhow. But that's, that's probably your top 10, you know, as it might be with any, you know, if you kind of slice any demographic and look at their skill sets, you know, you get your, your upper percentiles, but most folks just don't know. I mean, they didn't get into brewing to be accountants or to you know run financial statements. They, they love the craft. They love beer. They love community. Um, you know, and they, yeah, they want a business too, but um, sometimes there's a, an assumption that, you know, it's just going to kind of work itself out. And unfortunately these days it doesn't because it's just really getting tougher. So most folks really need some basics, some fundamentals in terms of how to even start and then what's important and wh- what do I need to look at? You know, wh- how do I prioritize these things and yeah, how do how do I even go about this? So there's a lot of questions and, you know, my approach by and large is we're going to keep it simple to start. I focus very much on financial training for non-financial people because that's the vast majority of human beings, let alone the folks in the craft beer industry. Uh, so most most folks that I work with really need, we start with that sort of basic fundamentals. You know, how do you set up process and routine? Uh, again, what's important to look at? And, and frankly, what's just noise, you know, sort of separating signal from the noise type stuff, because there's a lot of noise out there. We got a lot of t- tons and tons of data, but, you know, frankly, most of it is is just overwhelming. So we start just by simplifying it, focusing on what's most important, and then creating routines around that. Yeah. Um, I don't hear as much these days of breweries in planning. Um, and I imagine that folks who have been thinking about it for a little while, uh, are looking at the current climate, looking at the current costs, um, and maybe either reevaluating or, uh, delaying for, for whatever reason. Um, but for those brewers in planning, for the ones who, are passionate about the beer, know about the beer, all the stuff that you were that you were just saying, um, but who could use a shot in the arm when it comes to um, learning about finances and 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 breweries. Where's a good place that you recommend them start? Yeah. In addition to reaching out to you, of course. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. I have. Certainly don't have the data to support. I only have the sort of anecdotal evidence that I'll share, which is the majority of the people that come to me for help are in fact breweries and planning. So that's by no means data. That this is a self-selected group. They're coming to say, look, we're creating a business plan and we got the plan. We just don't understand how to think about the financials, or we want we want this. If somebody's if a sophisticated person is going to read this, you know, we we want to make sure these numbers hold up. And right now we don't know if they do or not. So that is the majority of the folks that I work with that are actually in that stage. Um, so they're still out there. And frankly, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about the continued health of the industry overall and, and new entrants coming in. I just think there's a lot of criteria, a lot of boxes you really need to check so that it's successful. And there's nothing radical. You know, a lot of it is, you know, really understanding the economics of 
the model that you're trying to build and really understanding debt or how you're going to sort of finance or capitalize your business and then understanding the cost structure. And, you know, you can do it. You just frankly can do it. And there's, there's many, many examples uh, that work really well. It's also the opposite, unfortunately. So you can kind of kind of guide them on either path. So I, so I would say if there are people listening or, you know, they're like, man, I, this is my dream. And you know, the dream's still alive. I just have to take a, I think a different approach to it or, or really, uh, you know, you're adding in this analysis, whereas before it was sort of maybe an afterthought, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get those financials taken care of. But now it's sort of the top of the list. If, if not in your top, you know, three or three or five items, you just have to do. Um, so as far as people who are, you know, maybe in planning already, um, or just getting started, you know, resources, I don't know, you know, honestly, I think I did what I did because I didn't find a lot of, when I, you know, I started quite some time ago, um, but I couldn't find it. You know, I was, I could find a lot of generic accounting, a lot of generic financial reporting. Um, I always see, you know, I went to school for accounting. I'm a CPA. So I understand accounting, but I didn't really understand how to marry that up with the nuances of the beer industry, you know, whether it's distribution, be that self-distribution or working through a wholesaler, be that, you know, brewing beer, which, you know, we've really come to look at the process and the accounting behind brewing is just small manufacturing accounting, which puts a heavy emphasis on cost of goods sold and the complexities there and inventory valuation and, you know, cost flow assumptions with just a fancy way of, you know, how does raw materials kind of move through your system and become finished products and what are all the costs? How do you do that? You know? And so that gets very complicated. That's probably the single most misunderstood aspect of the financial and accounting for craft brewers. It just every, almost without fail, there's just not a good understanding of what it actually costs to make the beer. Um, so I know the Brewers Association does have, and I, I think Maria Pearman's book is good. I believe it's called Small yep. Small uh, Small Brewery Accounting, Craft Brewery Accounting, um, something like that. I probably got that name wrong, but um, so that's one. Um, I have a book as well, which is called Simply Beer Business Finance. It's available on Amazon. Uh, I'm happy to send people a copy of that if they're listening. They just want to um, check that thing out. Hoping to put that in an audio book because make it even more approachable for people to, to listen to it. And that's just kind of an people old- People love audio, yeah. <laughs> people do love, I love audio too. Um, so I guess what I would say in, in in wrapping up is I don't know of a lot of sources. I know of a lot of people that can help. You know, we have a lot of great people servicing our industry uh, that can do that. Maria's one of them. Obviously, uh, Audrey Gajunas uh, is, does a great job. Chris Farmond, Small Batch Standard. Um on and on and on. There, there's a number of people that can assist. You know, I can help you do the work as far as, hey, I want to do it myself. You know, if I, because a lot of interesting, it's, you know, craft brewers still by and large are very scrappy, independent DIY. And I think that's why I created what I did is it's like, well, you don't need to pay me or anyone else if you don't want to. You know, if you, all we have are time is time and we have money and you got to kind of choose which one you got more of and or less of, I suppose and kind of make a decision. And if you've got time, you know, I do, that's why I created all these online courses. You basically go in and you can, you can do it yourself. You just go in and take the course, but it does take time. Um, whereas if you want to invest the money and have somebody work with you and you can speed it up, they can answer questions directly with you. Uh, so things of that nature. 
So, but I guess I would just kind of close this, this thought with, you know, someone who's ambitious and is thinking, all right, you know, what do I need to do here? You know, you certainly could, um, you know, look at there's resources for a small business administration. Um, I've used those. Um, I think they're fine. Again, I, I, the generic nature of it is, it's never been that interesting. I like very specific to the business we're trying to get into, you know, talk to me about revenue per barrel. You know, if I'm a tap room, you know, talk to me about, um, you know, what are the, what are the key drivers of revenue there? If, if I go and I get generic help from people that, that can be, that can be useful as a starting point. Uh, but often it becomes a little bit like math back in school. You know, you're learning things in the abstract. It's like, oh, geez, I don't, I don't know what to do with algebra, but you know, once you see how, maybe an equation is applicable to your business. Uh, things just kind of click into place. So I, I think it's helpful to have the guidance from someone that really understands, I think, the uh, the metrics of the of our business. You, you mentioned uh, ingredients, and right now, everything seems to be more expensive. Uh, you know, obviously, um, uh Russia's invasion into Ukraine has has uh, really hurt uh, grain prices. Um, uh, you know, so we're seeing some ripple effects from that. Um, but even just you know the cost of labor uh, and the the various farms are then going into the you know, rising hop uh, prices and you know even just you know some of the adjuncts that that brewers use a, a trip to the grocery store. Um, you know, to buy all that Captain Crunch to put into your golden ale uh, is going to cost you a couple hundred bucks more than maybe it, it, it would have a, a year or two ago. Um, when you're thinking or when when breweries start to see these numbers rise and they start to 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 feel um, the squeeze. Is there a smart way to approach you know, budgeting, uh, to redo your budgeting, to, um, you know, plan for this sustained wallet assault. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think honestly, the, the first place I would start is, um, you know, really thinking about business from a mindset perspective that it's hard. Number one, cause I do think people come into it thinking this is, this is going to be easy. And then life has different plans and the market has different plans. So it is, it's tough. And, you know, if you look at the bottom line, you need to maybe think about having some reasonable expectations, like what might I reasonably expect for, you know, cash flow from this thing, from profitability from this thing? What, you know, how do I take a salary from this? So some of it is really just kind of running the numbers and saying, you know, what what is the most likely scenario of what's left over, um, you know, when I get into this? So that's sort of a 30,000 foot view look at it. And, yeah. you know, it can be disappointing, you know, if you're a relatively small taproom only brewery, let's just say you're doing a half a million bucks, you know, a 10 to 20% to the bottom line, 50 to hundred grand before paying yourself is actually pretty good. Um, so people are like, what? I thought I was going to make, you know, so there's, there's some, I think we call it like a sniff test, a little reality check that you might want to do just to kind of get your head right. Like, all right, how, how, how profitable are these things? And, you know, sad answer is most of them aren't that profitable, um, or it's it's relative to I think your expectation. So that's one. You know, to your specific question, you know, ingredients. Yeah, sure, those are going up, but you know, everything's going up. Labor's going up. You know, all of our over. We think about from a budgeting perspective. You know, we start with, you know, 
the basic components. So what do we need to do? We got to create a sales forecast. We need to create a margin forecast. So what are we going to sell? What's it going to cost? The difference between the two is going to be our margin. Let's beat up each of those. Where, you know, what are we going to sell? Who's going to come into the tap room? How much are they going to spend? What's the frequency which with which they're going to come back? If we're doing some limited self-distribution, you know, what are we thinking about there? How many points of distribution? How much volume? Et cetera, et cetera. You know, what new products do we so basically your sales plan, cost of goods sold, you're just marrying up what do you intend to sell and what are the costs of those products. So if you have different package configurations, it it can get a little bit complicated if you're just selling you know, draft beer over the bar is is a little more straightforward. So we really got to, got to know our costs in order to do that sales and margin plan. Um, where, so for, we talked about, you know, brewers that are already doing it, um, already in planning, um, for, for, for folks who have been around for a while, um, and you know maybe the business is going well things are okay you know they got their their quickbooks everything is uh looking the way that 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 it's supposed to what about like regular checkups like how often should a brewery be sitting down and doing you know a, 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 an internal look at how their finances are going you know you you talked about how you know some people can bring you in for uh what you call accountability um when is that a smart step as well? Yeah, I think there's different reasons. I mean, there's sort of the off-the-shelf answer for your checkups is you know, traditional accounting would you would have you, you know, run your income statement balance sheet and statement of cash flows on a monthly basis. Uh that your regular checkups, you know, how did we do? And you'd have a budget that you compare to it. So each month you're basically saying, what was our expectation? How did we do? Where did we fall short? Where are the gaps? What, what created those gaps and how we might might we close them so pretty pretty standard stuff very easy to say but it's what what is that word it's sort of a you know simple not easy it's like simple to say it but it's not always easy to because there's a lot of discipline that's required there and the other thing is you know traditional accounting gets in your way I find it more often a hindrance than a help sometimes because when we're doing our let's say month and close you know, you're not seeing those numbers for probably a week or two. You know, in most cases, you know, we'll be closing out October in mid-November. So you don't find out what you actually happened in October until two weeks into November. And if there was some problems, you, half of November's gone now, you can't fix that. And so that's problematic. So I think at a minimum, you're running these things on a monthly basis and doing what I just described. And then you'll be like, well, this is good, but boy, this is it's like reading a two-week-old newspaper. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what happened yesterday, but I know what happened three weeks ago. So not always the most useful. So I, I really advocate for more regular daily, weekly type check-ins. And, you know, you can do this through, you know, we developed a like a daily income statement. Uh, there's some estimates involved. There's some things that you'll give your knowns, your unknowns, and your assumptions, and you just kind of bake that all in. And it does a couple of things. One is it gives you some visibility into what's actually happening on a day-to-day basis so that you can kind of see, am I, am I trending in the right direction? You know, the other more macro level skill that you're building is really just ingraining that financial, um, you're building that financial muscle is essentially what you're doing. So if you're doing it on a regular daily or multiple times per week basis, you, 
you're just going to understand a little bit better than you, when you're doing it just once a month. So the frequency is super important. So just preach a lot of basic concepts that, you know, the routine is important. The consistency is important. Uh, certainly the frequency is important. And the more you do it, the more you're going to see, the more questions you're going to ask. And frankly, I think answers you're going to be able to, to get. So I think that how often is largely a function as well. How bad do you need it? I mean, a lot of companies are like, man, we are struggling. And, you know, we, the more, frankly, the more, the better. Um, you know, the other thing I think that's interesting is, you know, we have a very rigid set of processes around brewing beer. You know, we wouldn't think of brewing beer without a recipe to follow, without, you know, checklists and clipboards and stuff. We just wouldn't, we just simply wouldn't do that. But, when it comes to our the numbers of our business, we don't always think about it the same way. Do we have a process? You know, so I would start with that is, well, how are we getting these numbers in? How do we make sure they're right? How do we make sure they're good? And we gotta have gotta have the same set of checklists uh, to follow. And it doesn't have to be crazy, um, but there has to be some some there, and that that really forces that again routine, consistency, consistency, and the discipline. Uh, so that we're doing that. So I, yeah, regular checkup, super important. Uh, monthly is sort of your table stakes. Uh, Weekly is better. Yeah. Daily's uh, obviously would be the best. More in a moment, but first, thanks to this episode's sponsors, and I hope you'll give them a closer look. Fermentus, coming soon, because there are occasions when a single microorganism is not enough. Fermentus is launching all-in-one blended products for nanobrewers in 25-gram sizes. Discover Safe Brew DW-17, a mix of active dry yeast plus enzymes for the production of very dry and complex beers with fruity, woody, and slight acetic characters. You can learn more on Fermentus.com. We're also brought to you by Grainfather. Whether you're looking for a brewing system to create trial recipes or you want to easily add production capacity to your nano brewery, the Grainfather G70 electric brewing system is your solution. The G70 has a 70 liter capacity, allowing you to easily make half barrel batches of beer in a compact system that won't take up valuable floor space. Ask your BSG sales manager for more information about the G70 today or go to grainfather.com to learn more. And we're also brought to you by Five Star Chemicals. We all know that brewing is an art, but it's also a science. That's where Five Star Chemicals comes in. They offer a stellar lineup of products designed to simplify and enhance your brewing process. Be sure to check out the PBW Liquid and PBW Tablets, some cleaning power in a different format. Visit fivestarchemicals.com. And don't forget, you can get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's new Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts, watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nanoplus for more details. And now back to my conversation with Carrie Shumway. Obviously, every business is going to be different, but if you're doing these daily check-ins or these weekly check-ins and you start to see a slide, you start to see 
I don't know, something that, that, that makes the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit, or, you know, you get that, that, that queasy feeling of like, uh Oh, um, how, how long before like true panic or a full course correction, um, should people be waiting? Well, I guess you. I know it's like an indelicate question, but yeah, (laughs) it's funny. Well, I think a lot of times, you know, the the answer is in the question itself. Is like if if you if you're at that point, it's probably too late. So I would I would advocate for, you know, doing it before. It's almost like if you need to borrow money, you know, do it before you actually need the money. Right? Go go to the bank now. I don't need the money now, but I want to learn how this works. So a lot of it's proactive. Um, Yeah, but if your spider sense is tingling and you're like, okay. I'm look. I'm seeing some things here that are that are really problematic. Now, most people see that when they look at the bank account and realize there's nothing there, and payrolls come and due in two days, and you're like, uh oh. And then yeah. it's then it's sort of scramble. You max out your credit. You know, do whatever you have to do. So obviously, the goal would be to try to put systems in place so that before that occurs, you know, you have a fighting chance to do something about it. So one of the tools that I advocate using is is really a an eight week cash flow planner so that you you've got at least eight weeks. So if I do this thing today and I'm looking at week seven or eight and I'm like, there's a problem coming. Okay, well at least I have five or six weeks to figure it out, not five or six hours, you know? Sure. So I think there's some very simple and again, I would go back to traditional financial accounting and reporting doesn't really give you that visibility. You know, you've run that financial statement for the month of September. It's now October 12th. I still don't have, I don't know what we did, but I do know I'm looking at my bank account. There's nothing there. That's not going to help you. But if you've got these other supplemental tools, you know, that you can run on a regular basis uh, that you got, then you have a fighting chance to uh, to do that. Now, the other thing is it, it's it's really like, what do you do when you're set, first setting up your business? So if maybe that brewery and planning or that brewery is just getting started and things are okay now. Um that's really about how you capitalize your business. And we talk a lot about this with, um, you know, cash and access to capital. Like, well, what if you do run out of money? Then what do you do? Well, aside from your credit card and, you know, calling up your your your, your dad, um, what do you do? You know, could you have structured this whereby you have some sort of working capital line of credit? Could you structure it so that you have access to, say, an equipment line of credit? Um so there's things you want to think about. So plan A, B, and C in terms of your cash flow and the capitalization of your business uh, is super important too. But you know, I think it's also expecting that you are going to have those moments where there's a, a bit of a slide or the hair stands up on the back of your neck. And you know, how do we? What do we do now uh, to kind of get ahead of that uh, so that we give ourselves that sort of run room in order to. To, to correct that problem. So you, so you need visibility into it first and you need a little bit of advanced notice and then hopefully some thoughtful planning about how you, you know, give yourself, you know, that access to capital when, when you may need it. Yeah. There's been a lot of talk recently or, uh, you know, I guess I, I've just been seeing more and more and I, this is probably the nature of social media. Um, but breweries announcing that they're closing down and it, it, it seems often sudden, you know, by the nature of social media, um, where folks announce, okay, Hey, it's Monday and 
at close of day Friday. Like that's it for us. Um, that, that kind of thing. Um, obviously I I'm imagining that, you know, if people have that eight week plan, they've known that it's coming and they just don't want to, uh, panic too many people until the last minute or, you know, deal with, you know, outpouring of, uh, you know, well-wishers, you know, until they absolutely have to kind of thing. Um, but, Obviously, cash flow and having money in the bank is necessary to um, keep going. Um, but where where does the financial conversation begin for folks who are thinking about closing? Maybe not being forced to, but like, hey, I've had a good run. This is harder than I imagined it. Um, you know, I'm proud of the work that we did, but it's time to um, time to start thinking about doing something else. Cause I've seen some of those posts as well. People are hitting that 10 year mark. They're feeling like it's a good milestone um, and they're stepping away. Um, how, how do you start that financial piece of turning off the lights? Yeah, I think some of it is the decision to close is either forced upon you or you can do it in a orderly fashion or, you know, maybe somewhere in between. And I think the financial piece of it um, is is probably just one component of a larger decision making process. So if you're if you're in a situation where you're like, you know what, we're we're doing okay. I'm really not pulling much out of this. This is this, I'm putting a lot of time. If I did, if I measured my hourly rate here, I'd be making like you know thirty cents an hour. You know, you do hear a lot of that. Where it just kind of wears you down, and that 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 can happen in any any endeavor, frankly. So the financial side of it might be important, but maybe not primary there. It's more like, what do I really want to do? You know, I got one, you know, one shot to do something here while I'm around, you know, what is this really what I, how I want to spend my, my time. So it might be more of that existential question there where the finances are not great. You know, a lot of folks may get into the business thinking, well, I'm going to start it up. I'm going to work my butt off for a couple of years, you know, then I'm going to hand it off to you know, some managers, and then I'm, I'm just going to kind of enjoy it and, uh, you know, work as they say on the business, not in the business. And that's a, it's a great goal, um, and, and challenging to achieve it. So folks are in that situation where they're like, man, I'm just, I'm here all the day, all the time, and I'm not really pulling much out of it. And I don't see a lot of upside. Uh, that could be a situation you can have an orderly wind down. Now, if you're on the other end of that spectrum, uh, the finances are probably a number one of priority, which is you can't pay your bills, and that now you're facing insolvency. Uh, the bank, which you know you're supposed to pay them, you can't pay them anymore. Uh, there's there's all sorts of things that are going to kind of force this upon you, and then it's there's it is that situation where Friday everything seemed fine, and then Monday, you know, the door is locked. So that's unfortunate. So I do think that, you know. These are sort of the this is sort of the bleak side, um, which does happen. But I think the goal, maybe the goal for folks listening today is don't, you know, don't don't wind up here, right? It's get these systems in place so that you can avoid that circumstance and put more control in your own hands in terms of, you know, how you want to manage this business. And then how do you break through to that ultimate goal of, you know, working on the business and having a nice, sustainable cash flow, positive brewery. Because that's, you know, there's thousands of examples of those. It's not, um, it's really not the the Haley's Comet out there. It's it's hard to get there. 
But I do think those systems and structures and discipline and good accountability uh, can can really help help get you there. I probably went out of order on this because um, <laughs> I went immediately to closing as opposed to um, possible expansion or um, uh, upgrading equipment or just, you know, things to, um, you know, to, to, to grow the business that might require um, financing, might require a loan um, or dipping into savings um, and, 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 and going from there. Uh, are there, are there one or two things that you would recommend small breweries be thinking about when it comes to uh, having their financial house in order for a, you know, for improvements, you know, be it new fermenters, be it, you know, Hey, we're going to you know, spruce up the tap room or, you know, we're going to you know, hire more people, like what it, whatever it is. Um, uh, maybe not hire more people, but the, you know, the, 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 the physical space or the physical equipment. Um, are there one or two things folks should be thinking about, um, as they're scrolling the online auctions and going through all the catalogs and having big dreams of what's coming next? Sure. Yeah. I think that's where, you know, we would use these fancy words of, you know, create a financial pro forma, you know, what might it look like? So if I want to add new tanks, maybe I want to add a second taproom location or expand what we already have. You know, we do the basic uh, sources and use like, what are you wanting to spend money on and where are you going to get the money to do that? And how, what kind of return on investment might those, uh, might that look like? So you can, Kind of take your existing operations, you know, call it a budget, I suppose, and then forward forecasts, including those things. So if we want to expand or we want new equipment, here's what it's going to cost. And here's how we might go about financing that. And here's what that debt service would look like. So we kind of pull it all together and say, pro forma, forward looking under these new assumptions, you know, what are sales margins, operating expenses, net operating income? And how, how might that compare to the new debt service that you're taking on? So debt service being, you're paying those loans each month. You know, what what is the new cash in look like compared to the new projected cash out? And does that make things better or worse? Or, you know, does this, is a good financial decision? And as with any estimate or projection, you know, there's there's some pretty good educated guesses in there, but they're guesses too. You know, do are we going to get incre incremental sales at the levels at which we... So then we can do sort of a, you know, maybe best best case, worst case, middle case scenario of, you know, what what would have to happen for this to to work? And and what if that didn't happen? And how might we, you know, what's our fallback plan for that? So really just sort of projecting out um same concept, financial plan, uh, under those new assumptions. And, you know, I think for people that are looking at you know, auctions or catalogs or thinking about what they might want to buy. They they might be the folks that don't need the money right now, um, but are starting to think about it. And I really advocate for that's that's really the time to talk to to your lender or think about your financing plan. So in the case of a lender, if you're if you're looking to borrow money in the future, you know, I would say have that discussion now. You know, what they can evaluate your situation and um 
I know folks don't really want to do that because it can be a little bit intimidating. It can be like, well, if I go and this person says no, you know, I've really shot myself in the foot. And yeah, I understand. You don't want to go in completely, um, you know, like a lamb to slaughter, so to speak. But so you can educate yourself in advance of that, you know, learn the terms and terminology and what, you know, that lender might be looking for and, you know, have a reasonable chance to ask some some good questions, for, start to form that relationship. You know, they're there to lend money. They're they're not there to tell you no. You know, go. That's not how it works. You know, they want to lend you the money. However, you can have a good plan to support it. You know, your assumptions uh, and be able to kind of justify uh, the numbers and make a good business decision. So, I think folks that are in that situation of thinking about it, you know, now's the time to do your do your homework, do your due diligence, start asking those questions. You know, get a little you know, get a little knowledge and also get a little humble when you go out there and, um, you know, your lenders will be happy to, to, to work with you. And they really are your partners. I think there's a lot of times we think of it as an adversarial relationship. I disagree. I think it's more, um, a partnership than anything. Um, but like in any partnership, you, you know, you kind of get what you get out of it, what you bring into it. So there's, you really do need to do a little bit of, you know, homework and, um, training, to, uh, to get the best outcome. You've given us a lot of food for thought um, during the, the the course of this conversation. I'm mindful of your time, but I wanted to see if you had a homework assignment for the brewers listening right now, the owners listening right now, the the, the folks who are in charge of uh, of those those checkbooks and those those balance sheets. Um, after they're done listening to this. What should they go and do? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's lots. I, I think a timely one is, you know, we're recording this about mid-October. And this is about the time to start really creating your your financial plan for the new year. So my homework assignment might be, I'll give you two. One is sort of maybe a bigger bite and another one might be just a little appetizer. So the bigger bite is, um, you know, create your financial plan. And what what I tend to start people on is, you know, you've got nine months, give or take nine months of actual activity here for the year. So I love these trend. I love to run like these trend analysis reports. So if we, you know, we run a monthly income statement for the year and then forecast out just the rest of the current year. So again, you should have about nine months of actual activity. Take your best shot at forecasting out what October, November, and December are going to look like from a sales cost to goods sold, margin operating expenses, and net income perspective. Um, what does it look like? Now, if you've been in business for a while, you've got last year, October, November, and December as a basis. It always look like, well, okay, historically what happened? Um, so you can put it in context. You don't have to make up these numbers if you've got that data. So that would be a homework assignment is run that um basically monthly income statement forecast out the fourth quarter see what that looks like and then if you're feeling your oats you know you can roll that thing forward and create your plan for for the following year for the brand new year that's coming up and what often happens is you know it's it's really hard the first time to you i just don't know um and then you take another crack at it and like anything you put it down you come back to it um so the repetition is important um, you know, you didn't learn to brew beer on the first try. You made mistakes. You know, how much beer did you throw away? Right. Your friends are like, this is terrible. Give up. 
you know, by the, I don't know, 20, 30th time, maybe you're good at it, but you know, it takes a few cracks. So that's another mindset thing is like, you're not just going to figure this thing out, um, but you will figure it out if you keep at it. And it really will transform your business or at least give you a, a large measure of certainty in a pretty uncertain world as you can really forecast not only what's going to happen, but then you have the power to essentially see where you need to go and then put those steps in place to help you get there. So it, it does give you that that measure of control, which is helpful. So that's the big one. You know, the other thing I would say is just an appetizer. If you're sitting here right now and you're like, that sounds like a lot of work, I would do that eight week cash flow um, projection. And yeah. Can, if you want, I can share with you. Hey, I got a couple of quick videos, a little template. Just like you know, watch this. I don't know. It's like a four minute video, and then take a crack at it yourself, and maybe that becomes sort of the entree. Um, the gateway drug into your financial planning um, that may be, may be useful for you. I like that. Thanks for, thanks for sitting down and, and, and being on the show this month and sharing your, your expertise and um, giving us a, 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 all a lot to be thinking about when it comes to, to our businesses and how we're, how we're, how we're living that financial life. Well, thanks for having me, John. Anytime you want to talk numbers, I'm your man. Will do. Questions or comments for the show? Tell us by emailing us at nano at BYO.com. And don't forget, tag BYO on all of the various BYO social media channels. And I'll invite you to head over to BYO.com slash nano podcast. There you can subscribe to the newsletter, the magazine, and catch up with great pro brewing content. New episodes of this show are released on the 15th of every month. So subscribe now and never miss a show when it's released. And you can also do us a favor by leaving feedback on your podcast platform of choice or by emailing nano at BYO.com or again, check in with us on all of the BYO social media channels. As always, thanks to this episode's sponsors. Fermentus, coming soon because there are occasions when a single microorganism is not enough. Fermentus is launching all-in-one blended products for nano brewers in 25 gram sizes. Discover Safe Brew DW-17, a mix of active dry yeast plus enzymes for the production of very dry and complex beers with fruity, woody, and slight acetic characters. You can learn more on Fermentus.com. We're also brought to you by Grainfather. Whether you're looking for a brewing system to create trial recipes or you want to easily add production capacity to your nano brewery, the Grainfather G70 electric brewing system is your solution. The G70 has a 70-liter capacity, allowing you to easily make half-barrel batches of beer in a compact system that won't take up valuable floor space. Ask your BSG sales manager for more information about the G70 today or go to grainfather.com to learn more. And we're also brought to you by Five Star Chemicals. We all know that brewing is an art, but it's also a science. That's where Five Star Chemicals comes in. They offer a stellar lineup of products designed to simplify and enhance your brewing process. Be sure to check out the PBW Liquid and PBW Tablets, some cleaning power in a different format. Visit fivestarchemicals.com.
And don't forget, you can get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's new Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts, watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out BYO.com slash Nano Plus for more details. I'm John Hall, and you can still find me weekly behind the microphone on the Drink Beer, Think Beer podcast from All About Beer. Find it where podcasts are found, and I hope you'll tune in. Our theme music was created by Scott McCampbell, and we thank him for that. And once again, be sure to check out BYO.com slash nanopodcast for all of your nano brewing needs. And for now, we wish you all the best for a small but successful brew day.